Hi, this is Graham Beauty, and welcome to my first podcast for Beauty's Voice. In this podcast, you're going to be listening to an interview that I had with the awesome Tommy Reynolds live on my show on Facebook called The Capture just last week. And we're going to be discussing his travel photography and wedding photography. Up next, we have got Tommy Reynolds. If no one knows who Tommy Reynolds is, Tommy Reynolds is known for his travel work. He's an old friend of mine from Jessup's, that's his very first met. And uh, I bumped into him again at the photography show where he gives speeches um, a couple of years ago. Um, and there's a funny moment um, where, which we'll talk about where he forgot to turn his mic off. Um, <laughs> and um, he's uh, also a wedding photographer as well. And everyone keeps asking me who's doing our wedding photographs. If you don't know, I'm getting married in. Uh, February next year so not very long now um, I know Katie's busy in the kitchen writing out all the invites and stuff as we speak um, Tommy is actually going to be our wedding photographer and I do not envy him at all because he knows um, obviously I, I trust his work completely and I know he's going to do a fantastic job there's literally no pressure on him but in his head he, he's thinking that um, so mm -hmm. I don't envy him at all so Let's have a go. Actually, let me check. Dan, hi. Nice to see you, Dan. Oh, that top fan badge. Can't wait for the beach shoot. Need a nice print for the bathroom. The bathroom? Why are you putting them in the bathroom? That is actually, I do a lot of cake smashes, and people do put the uh, bath shoots at the end after cake smash in the bathroom. So uh, that'd be quite good. You, you're running out of wall space, Dan. <laughs> but um, no, it'd be nice to see you on the beach shoots as well. So without further ado, uh, let's bring in uh, Tommy Reynolds and see if this actually uh, works <laughs> at all. Uh, here we go. Uh, where is Tommy? There he is. Hello. Hello. Are we live? Are we, we are good? live. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I love the shirt. You always Thanks very got, much. You've always got the the shirt game is hot. Seriously, every time <laughs> we go out, we're both wearing shirts, and your your shirts are always off the wall, crazy and good. But to be to be fair, <laughs> Czech is kind of my go-to. But I thought I would, uh, you know, step it up again because I thought, you know, yeah. I knew I was coming on here, so I thought I'd <laughs> chuck a bit of River Island on for River you. River Island, oh really? <laughs> Mine's Primarni. Mine's Primarni. <laughs> I wear the shirt each same each week. Literally, I should have just gone to the shop and bought five. And just wear the same one <laughs> yeah. every day. It's the same in my profile picture. No, I've done that with jeans actually. I've, oh, I, really? I, when you buy, when you find a pair of jeans, and Emily will know my fiance who's actually just watching now. When you find oh, a pair of jeans that that fit, you buy a couple of pairs, or I think I bought the same pairs but in different colours from that same shop because you know that they just fit right. Yeah. But we're not talking about jeans today. We're not talking about jeans. <laughs> this, this is what happens every time we do a video call, and I know Emily's now <laughs> listening. We just go completely off tangent, and it's completely crazy, which is why I had to get you on as my first guest. Um, <laughs> so I just want to double check that everyone can hear Tommy okay, and that uh, he can, uh, everyone can hear him fine. Just give us a little thumbs up or uh, a number one, or just say hi to Tommy, just so we know that uh, everyone can hear him. There is a little bit of a longer delay for today for some reason um, on the chat, which is quite interesting. So. But I presume everyone can hear you. But um, so, what have you been up to recently, just to fill the gap? What have you been doing uh, this well, week? Right um, at the moment, my, my a lot of my time in the last few months have been taken up with weddings. Obviously, we are mm -hmm. um, in wedding season, so I've been very, very busy with weddings, which is why I've not really posted a huge amount to 
my kind of main Instagram, which is the portrait and travel one. Mm-hmm. Um, my, a lot of my work has been taken up with weddings, but I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, obviously, I'm photographing a certain someone's wedding next year as well, which yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. You might have a hard so, job, you know, getting the uh, the right angle on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? I've uh, this won't be the first time I photographed a photographer's wedding, and when as a photographer you're asked to photograph a photographer's wedding there is always an mm. element that's a little bit more nerve-wracking you gotta you know you, you feel like i being judged a lot more <laughs> and I'm like I really got to make sure I nail it but yeah having said that they the the the, the client who's also a photographer has actually almost kind of helped me as well because they understand um the process if they've shot weddings yeah. as well so it it's kind of like uh a double not not a double-edged sword. sword but in a good way i don't know but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's so, yeah. kind of it brings up its own problems but reduces other problems mm. in a way you're not going to get them hunting you down after a week for their photograph <laughs> well <laughs> i hope not graham yeah i'm not that pushy <laughs> so um i've got another one from margaret so i'm guessing that means everyone can hear you all okay which is good, Fair. which is fantastic. Fair. So, right. Um, so let's lead on to, to what's it. So obviously I met you um, 2012, <laughs> yeah, 2000, 2012. 2012, 2012, 2011 in Jessup's in Blue Water. Um, yeah, does, does anyone remember Jessup's? That's still, that is still going. Yeah, it is still going. Yeah. I think the nearest store is in Canterbury now, isn't it? They've got one in Canterbury. Yeah, so yeah, but um, we obviously right. met at the Blue Water branch. Yeah. Um, many years ago and then we kind of just went well it went into liquidation for a short period of time but you know we went our separate ways and we didn't or i didn't see you again for years we didn't speak <laughs> to, speak no. at all for years until was it a couple of years ago at the photography show and... yeah yeah i saw you there and i was like oh i'm gonna go in and uh, say hello and, well, uh, it was it was a really funny story. I I, I think I, I briefly heard your intro about yeah. you know, the little funny story, but it was it was actually really funny how we got reacquainted. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was giving a um a talk at the photography show. Um, for those of you um that don't know how me and Graham met, we uh, <laughs> we got reacquainted at the photography show, and I was giving a talk on the turning pro masterclass stage, and I kind of said goodbye that was it i came off stage walked out of the first door and graham you were stood right yeah. there and i was, I was like, like hi oh my god graham how long did you and i said the last time i saw you you had hair <laughs> yeah and i told him i said you're probably the only one person here that remembers me with hair because not even not even katie's like see me with hair <laughs> but and then, yeah. that was all a lovely moment and then all of a sudden uh, a, a, a guy who works at the show uh, like a tech guy walked yeah. out and he was like excuse me um, Tom, you've left the <laughs> microphone on <laughs> yeah. and there's a room behind me of about 250-300 people yeah. that heard that conversation I yeah. mean I could, could have said worse but I had to walk <laughs> yeah. back into that room <laughs> to give your rather... microphone back <laughs> yeah but I don't know why he didn't he didn't like Oh, I'll take it now. But yeah. no, he's like, you've left your microphone on, and then he walked back in the room. So I had to yeah. follow him into the room. There was a crowd full of people. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and I you remember were... I took it out, and the only thing I could say was, "You won't all forget me now, will you?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And then I walked, I walked out. out. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not like a YouTube video of the t- person talking after you. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a recording of that somewhere. Just carries over. No, yeah, it just carries <laughs> over. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, that's that's how we got rekindled. But what um, I would like to know is when did you really get into photography? Because um, I don't think I've ever really asked you this. Is actually what got you started? I think I got started. Um, I well, I picked up a fir- my first camera when I was seven years old, which was a Wallace and Gromit wind-up camera, which <laughs> is actually still up there. It's on my shelf oh, behind it? me, and I knew right away I wanted to do something to do with photography, um, mm-hmm. or at least using a camera, because I kind of drifted more into filmmaking when I got to the end of school and des- needed to, to decide what to do for university. So I decided to actually I wanted to kind of do filmmaking instead because it was more technical based um, yeah. and when I left um, obviously worked at Jessup's for a couple of years when we first met yeah. and when it kind of went into um, liquidation I was already at that point doing a lot of photography work music photography actually that was my first thing music photography when I got my first camera which again is up there it's a Nikon D40 after that yeah. and then it was the Nikon D300 um, and then when you had, someone you had showed a Nikon me, D300 it's still up there oh yeah awesome yeah that's the, that's the first camera I got as a professional by the way as well yeah yeah, That's that was first. my kind of first proper camera. Yeah, and yeah. Because I earned nothing, I was paying like £30 a week for it. So the in- <laughs> you can imagine what the interest rate Currys were charging me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but I moved over to Canon when someone showed me footage from the 5D Mark II, which is obviously mm, in its time famous for the video. So I converted yeah. over to Canon. And um, at that point, I was I just lost my job Um uh, like everyone else did at Jessup's when it, uh, when it went into administration. And then from there, I just kind of hit the ground running because I knew I didn't want to get another job in retail. And I, I said to myself, when I leave Jessup's eventually, I will I, go straight into doing um, something that I really want to do. And I wanted to be a freelance photographer and had planned to kind of drip feed um, yeah. into it, maybe drop my hours here and there. But when it went into administration so suddenly, so, yeah. I decided to just hit the floor running that and that was six years ago now so I've been a professional yeah. for six years and it great it's kind of it kind of transitioned from a lot of music work to portraits um, weddings was always happening in the background as well and travel came quite later on travel only was really in the last kind of three years when I kind of mm-hmm. got into kind of travel photography but at the start it was more about music photography getting into friends um, bands and like I'll, I'll shoot your stuff for free it, yeah. you know in exchange for free entry yeah, yeah. Um, or paying just my expenses so it kind of grew from there so music photography was my first thing and then it progressed to shooting them in a more kind of studio environment for studio. more promo kind of material that sort of thing okay awesome yeah by the way if anyone's got any questions for Tommy then uh, please write them in the, the chat I will go through the chat in a little bit um, just write your comments and I will scroll through and put your questions to Tommy. Now is your chance to put the questions to Tommy live. <laughs> you can't hide <laughs> away from them. <laughs> so, but that's cool. That's that's actually um, very similar to to my story. Um, starting a video and going into photography, obviously because of, of Jessup's going down and, and stuff like that as well, and the economy at the time. So, so what is it that really brought your love for photography? Why did you stick with photography over, say, the video? Even though you use your video skills for um, your YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. What did you think, okay, well, I want to go down the photography route more than the video route. Was there anything in particular? or I think it was a mixture of just feeling like I was gradu- um, 
gravitating more towards photography, but also just the demand um, in people. Uh, well, in in a demand, I was just naturally getting for photography work more than video work. I it was just I think when it comes to video. Uh, there needs to be a lot more money involved because more people are usually involved, more equipment's involved, and everything else that comes with that. So I was doing the odd promo video with for companies like corporate work, but I wasn't in, enjoying it really. And I just feel like I can be more creative with with photography. And one of the things that I kind of specialize in with my photography is um, off-camera flash, which is obviously something you can't yeah. really do with video. I, I love yeah. being able to take an ambient scene and totally flip it on its head using flash which is why um, a lot of my work even traveling I will use flash because I just love creating that polished crisp look that you can't quite get with with video unless you have a lot of equipment which isn't yeah. always possible or feasible yeah, um, yeah. or even portable um, which is why so I love you can create a amazing very high-end images with very minimal gear nowadays um, yeah. that's what I love most and more, kind of gravitate more towards photography more than video but video is still quite an important part of my yeah. business just not um, just in the promo sense not actually shooting it for other people other people yeah I kind of um, obviously I've been on uh, video shoots uh, with you for your portrait of um, series which mm -hmm. is absolutely beautiful by the way fantastically filmed and you can you, see how much time and creativity you put in each video and the thought process behind it, that it's kind of like, yeah, you are showing off both skills in one go, for sure. Um, so that kind of gets your creative juices going in the video world still. But um, there is a lot, um, I don't know, the demand and the work for the video is, is definitely harder, isn't it? It Definitely, but I do, I, I think it's, um, worth saying to people watching if you are a photographer you sh you need to embrace video um, mm. even if you're not even if you don't call yourself an expert at it and you really don't need to be but I do think it's something that everyone needs to embrace because of social media and because of how well it's done for me I, I owe a lot of my success to actually the video content that I put with my photography yeah. in the form right. of behind the scenes, um, uh, well, mainly mainly behind the scenes, it kind of gets it's it's a way of getting yourself out there. So um, yeah, I I do think it's something that you need to embrace, and you don't have to be an expert, but I do think it's a, a, a incredibly powerful yeah. tool. I think when you um, when you think of a f uh, a photograph does better online than a status update, but then mm. video will do yeah. better than the photo. That's kind of the, the the stages video is always number one it's the most um what's the word not digestible thing though you know but it's the thing that people <laughs> consume that's consume, it consume yeah yeah they can consume it a lot better yeah. it's the best consumable medium um yeah. now and it's something that you you need to embrace and there's loads of ways in fact what the talk that we met at the photography show I, yeah, sp yeah. I spoke about that um if you want to check that out on my youtube channel but yeah so video is definitely important but you don't have to be an expert yeah definitely i think even for say obviously this is um the capture is all about home photography and stuff like that but there is an element of because obviously the power of mobile phones now that you know you should be capturing video um on your mobile phones as well as taking photographs don't be afraid to, to, to take video as well and using that and showing that as well um, because it's it's key memories 
that you're going to keep. Um, and nowadays, it's so easy to take video compared to um, years ago, obviously with tape or VHS and all that kind of stuff and a big bulky camera. And um, But it's good to have those video clips as well. So, so what do you, obviously you're kind of known on YouTube and obviously your talks and stuff um, about travel photography. What got you into travel photography um, to start with? And where have you been? What was your what was your purpose for saying, I want to do travel photography? I kind of um, accidentally fell fell in fell into it. It was um, I, I was uh, the first place I went to that I would call like a really good travel trip where I thought this is I want to do this was Sri Lanka, yeah. and I went to the I was I had the opportunity to go to Sri Lanka when I was um, it was with a charity so I did some filming for Kent Police and as part of the promo video for them I had to film. Paul Scally, who is chairman of Gillingham Football Club, yeah. and when I finished the interview with him, he said, "Oh, I've got a charity as well. Um, it's called Take Heart Mersey Mission, and it's a beautiful charity where he takes uh, 15 doctors, surgeons, and nurses wow. from the Evelina Children's Hospital in London, yeah. takes them to Gold Sri Lanka, the Karapatiya Hospital, and they perform pediatric surgery for free." for about wow. two weeks and yeah. he showed me the uh, the last promo video for it and he said we don't actually have anyone to to shoot the video um, this year this it's quite outdated and I was like I'll do I'll it, do it. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just volunteered I said yeah is it really I said yeah, yeah. sure I'll do it yeah. he was like okay yeah. second time I ever met that man was Colombo Airport because <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I had to meet him there because we flew out um uh, a day before the team because he wanted footage of the team arriving um, yeah, but yeah. he was in Dubai so I had to meet him at Colombo airport and <laughs> and whilst I was filming with the Canon 5D Mark II it was those moments in between filming little clips where I could just flick from movie mode to stills mode and yeah. I was shooting the odd still and some of those stills are still on my portfolio I'm still super proud of them and it's and again this is why I love photography maybe a little bit more than video but what I was able to capture in a single moment just looks amazing I can look back on in a, in, and I can print it versus a video and I can just look yeah. back at it and I've exhibited Im the images as well and I knew then that the the power of the, the context that I am getting in Sri Lanka versus down the street now I'm not saying you yeah, can't yeah. find a great story down the street but obviously this was so new to me and a different a completely different way of life that I wasn't used to that I was documenting um, and experiencing myself firsthand but also taking photos of it and yeah, so yeah. it was incredible uh, it was incredibly uplifting and I went to Sri Lanka for the um, two years following that and then decided now I've been I was I had to shoot video that was my priority but I thought yeah, yeah. I, I want to do a trip now that's just for me just for video just sorry just for stills I don't have to worry about consciously fit, making a, a polished promotional video so that's why I went to India and I brought an assistant with me to help with the off-camera flash so I didn't have to worry about that stuff yeah, um, yeah. and absolutely loved that trip probably one of my favorite trips India I really want to go back <laughs> and then Every year after that, I've been going to an, 
another trip, another trip, and then my most recent trip was Ethiopia, which was sponsored by Olympus, where I had to use, and I had, well, I was using their OMD EM1 Mark II, and just capturing the same sort of thing that I was getting with my Canon, but on the Olympus camera, and yeah, so I absolutely love traveling, it's yeah. so different to everything else I do, and I would thoroughly recommend anyone give it a go. To give it a go, yeah. You, I'll give you an extra 10 bonus points there because you mentioned my keyword print mm. <laughs> and printing. So, <laughs> I, One of the first things I wanted to do when I got back from Sri Lanka was hold an exhibition and we did it um, yeah. the following year. And uh, um, I didn't sell any prints, but I didn't care because it was something I needed to tick off for my own uh, for my own thing. Yeah. I also realized I probably printed them too big for people's wall art and I just okay. printed uh, I went a bit too big. <laughs> you live you live and learn. <laughs> yeah, live and learn. As big as possible. I always say big as possible, but yeah, you gotta bear in mind people's wall space. So Yeah, exactly. It, it's nice to go to those kind of places and you get a whole different perspective of life. And that is essentially what photography is, whether you're doing home photography, travel or whatever, is you you're taking stills of of life and is is what's going on and sometimes it's nice to see how other people live and their different cultures and stuff like that so 100 percent. and um, what i wanted to do with my travel is uh, sri lanka was very kind of photojournalism but when i went to india um when i brought off camera flash i wanted to try it and do what i do in the studio but bring it um abroad so yeah. Not every photographer who goes traveling brings a 90 centimeter softbox with them and an assistant <laughs> yeah, yeah. to hold it. So I, but I wanted to try and make my travel images look as polished as if they were in my studio. So that was my goal, um, right. ju- and and just to try and separate my images from the majority who wouldn't go to the extent of bringing that softbox. Yeah, stuff like Yeah, because sometimes. Well, as as if anyone's watching this that wants to get in photography or is a keen hobbyist, it's one of those things I guess you learn over a period of time and it keeps evolving is actually your own style and your own way of doing things and then applying it to, say, a new field like travel um, uh, as well. Um, but if, if, if obviously there's a lot of uh, people going to be watching this that are just, you know, keen hobbyists or mobile phone photographers, so without going into too much technical detail, what would be your top tips when someone's going on holiday or traveling? What were, what is the main things they should be taking photographs of? What you know, what are the details and stuff that they should be keeping an eye out for? Would you say? Well, when ever I do one of my photo trips, as I call them, I think my number one tip is obviously with, um, if you go abroad, you can opt in to do excursions. And yeah. obviously, if you are in a in an Asian country, then you're going to need um, a guide that will come usually with your excursion. And obviously, they're going to be able to speak the local language. They're going to know the, the best places to go to. Hmm. And utilize your guide and if it is a private tour, which most of mine are, then you have an even added bonus of not taking up anyone else's um, valuable time. Like if you're, um, if it's a big tour and you kind of have to get on and off a bus, that you know that may hinder you kind of spending a little bit more time taking photographs. But um, so I would 100% use the guide to have that conversation with a local. And then you just experience the culture and you go to that next level of experience in the culture rather than just 
you know, observing, yeah. you know, use the guide and have a conversation. And that is, uh, I just noticed the, uh, one of the questions on the chat, but the, um, how I speak to, to people and how I get them in front of my camera if they don't obviously speak my language is yeah. using the guide. I've tried to do it without a guide and there's just that there's a barrier. I just feel uncomfortable even just kind of gesturing for a photograph without walking away and getting their name, you know, what they're about, how, what struggles are they going through right now? What do they do as a job? Because th those are details I want to take away with me with my photographs. Now you might yeah. not want to go to that extent if you're just a holiday maker, but definitely use your guide and ask as many questions or even just yeah. maybe get their name and what they do. Cause you might learn something, for example, without, a, <laughs> because, I, I, uh, you don't ask, you don't get. So I was, uh, me and my fiance Emily were in Vietnam. We were rowing up um, a place called Tam Kok, and yeah. um, he gave me a, a, a couple of history bits about it and and some facts. And uh, but one of the questions I asked the guide to ask our the guy who was rowing us um, for the morning, I said, <laughs> "Do you have any?" Um, any funny stories about yourself? Any quirks? Any uh, anything that you want to you want to share with me? And he said, "I was an extra in the movie King Kong." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. and he said, "This is where they filmed the opening sequence to King Kong." And I looked around. I was like, "Oh my god, it is!" Yeah. And I said, to "My guide, why aren't you telling people this? This, this, is, yeah, the, this yeah. is a nice little fact." Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so I got a nice picture of him, but he is rowing in the background um, uh, in the in intro King to King Kong. So we got a shot um, of him, and it was a uh, yeah, it was a great shot. I could I could talk loads loads more about that trip, or even about that specific, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, so I would use definitely use your guide to find out even more facts and yeah. about the culture. Uh, There's actually an interesting point because you, you kind of want to get out there and um, see the place, see the culture, and everything like that. And it's really interesting because um, when me and Katie first went on holiday, she was completely fine with sitting back on the beach and doing nothing for seven days solid. And after two days of me doing that, I got fidgety. <laughs> like I had to like, right, let's go hire a car, let's go on a, a, a excursion, excursion. That's definitely me. And um, we went up all the mountains, and we're like, we're in the middle of like a very hot country. But yeah, we went up to the mountains and seen all these uh, ski lines, obviously ready for the snow for the winter and stuff like that. We're like, oh. this is weird. And like, we had this proper car that was banged up to the hell. The gearbox was awful, and the the sheer drop cliff um, on the other side was uh, was interesting, <laughs> especially when you, <laughs> the the brakes were softer than my nineteen eighty six Golf. Um, they were that soft and you're like I don't know how we're going to do this but and it's oh event... my god yeah and we're literally like looking over the edge like and there's a bus coming with people in it <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, yeah you gotta you gotta put yourself out there when you're going to trips and stuff like that about you know taking family um, and home photography um, seriously abroad is, is taking it out there so well, what's interesting sorry about mm -hmm. that story yeah. you're and is that it's a story like yeah. you you came away with a really really funny story um instead of um sitting on the beach as a lot of people might do with maybe a non-inclusive but you went yeah. out did an excursion and you you came home and probably told loads of people that story and that's why i love travel photography and um, because if you step outside your comfort zone you will come away with a story it might not be a good story something might have gone wrong yeah, but it's yeah. a story, and it's something that um, uh, 
I, when I came back from, well, before I went to Ethiopia, I had a chat with another photographer and I said, what if this trip goes wrong? I'm supposed to talk about it at the shows in a few weeks. What if it goes wrong? Yeah. And he said, Tommy, if it goes wrong, wrong. Talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. You've because, always got something to say. Because yeah. there's, yeah. Because yeah, it, even if it go if it goes bad, people kind of like to know if things go yeah. wrong as well. Um, and it and it's a story, it's something to share. Luckily, it went it went well. Yeah. But right there, if you step outside your comfort zone and you know do some of those excursions, you will come away with an awesome story that you can share to your loved yeah. ones. And exactly. make sure you get a picture of it. <laughs> exactly, definitely, and a video, just document video. everything. Yeah, but that, I exactly. suppose that could be said to to all levels of photography. Is if we went back now. Um, to photographs we took 10 years ago and had a look how many bad ones there are in there compared to what we're doing now it's sometimes when you don't push yourself out there to to do photographs you wouldn't normally do that yeah you may only get one or two or three good ones that you want to share you might have taken 200 but it's that evolution of learning um, photography Mm. is you're not always going to get the shot you can do whole trips um, or events or something that you just don't get one shot from, but you learn and take something from it um, as well. So let me just have a quick look at the chat before I carry on with my questions. Let's see who who we've got in here. So Dan's in here. Uh, and I used to look, uh, love the excitement of going into a shop to pick up your photographs. I do. I miss that. That moment of when you have film. That. I think we're probably the last generation that used to use, that used film going in and actually the excitement obviously we both worked in Jessup's that had labs and the excitement on people's faces when they came in to see that their photographs turned out because they were using film <laughs> and um, that was that was always a good moment uh, I've got a question I'm an experiment fashion photographer I want to know how to get work as a fashion photographer so I don't know I've done a few things in the fashion realms but have you really done anything in the fashion side of things Tommy? Fashion isn't uh, my strongest genre um, so I probably I'm probably not the best person to give advice but I would yeah. approach smaller agencies, don't go for the big big London ones um, or yeah. you know, I'm not sure if you're based near London but go for the smaller ones you know maybe google and then maybe go to like page four or five you know the smaller ones and approach them and ask for a test shoot with new faces that's how i would approach it new faces they're um they're people that are going to need new pictures and if you say a test shoot then you know there's no money exchange you're doing it for experience and if they like you who knows where it could lead but you've got to prove your worth first you don't you can't expect to get paid straight out if they don't know you they don't know your work they're not aware of you so that and that's something that i've grown up with you know you've got to prove your worth first which is you know, back to the travel. Yeah. Uh, Olympus wouldn't have taken a, a chance on me to to do this trip if they hadn't seen my Sri Lanka stuff, my India stuff, my Vietnam. You know, yeah, they're yeah. not going to take a chance unless they see that first. So prove your worth and yeah. try approaching smaller agencies first. Definitely, and also just keep working at it because sometimes uh, something we mentioned earlier about style and developing style. A lot of these fashion photographers get picked because they do a certain style of photography. They, you know, they, they get picked for campaigns because of what they're doing. So just keep shooting. Find um, one way of doing it is finding influence, influencers on uh, Facebook. Find models on uh, Facebook in your local area. Contact them and see if they would like a free shoot. Then the word and buzz gets around there that you're 
on Instagram and social media and other people are using you and, and develop your style. And then when people see your photographs, like now, I know as soon as I see one of Tommy's photographs, I know it's one of Tommy's photographs <laughs> because he's got that style um, and the way that he shoots and everything else and the way he lights the subject. So if you're just starting out in fashion photography, definitely keep shooting, keep developing, come up with new ideas um, as best you can and practice, keep practicing until you develop. And eventually after a, a lot of time, you, you find your own style, you find your own niche. And then that's what you need to be plugging. A lot of people will go into fashion thinking they'll do everything, mm-hmm. um, but actually they'll be picked for certain genres within fashion. So that, that's my only tip. Obviously, I've never been a fashion photographer. I've done a few model uh, shoots in the past and model promos. Um, but yeah. Right, let's move on. Annie, uh, Anna, I follow you on Instagram. How do you approach people to take their photograph? Okay, so you kind of just answered that one, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, you just got to be open, honest, and really care about them at the end of the day it's, um, and find I out think- their life. I think it's um, uh, another thing that I didn't mention is the softbox isn't out when I <laughs> approach them because that would scare probably scare them away. So yeah. I have I have that conversation first, and I, I I ask, can I take a photograph? And if they say yes, yeah. I don't then get the camera out. I continue to then ask questions about who they are, what they've. Once yeah. I have all that info, I feel like they've. You know, we've had a bit of a conversation, and they're going to open up. And again, you know, I use that guide to help, obviously, with the language barrier. Um, and then, when all that is said and done, then the camera comes out, and then I yeah. explain that this this big old white thing <laughs> is just a, a light box. It's just yeah. it's just big lights. I think you've just got a simple simple terms to go. It's dark. Yeah. This is big light, and that's and they kind of understand yeah. that, and then they kind of understand it more when you show them and that and that's another thing as well show them show them yeah. the picture don't just i know so many travel <laughs> photographers that just take the photo and go all right Cheers, and then bye. walk off yeah it's like oh it's like kind of feel like you're using them so yeah. get them involved so if you watch some of my travel videos you see me uh, sit sit next to them and then we go through and they're like oh yeah and then if they have email yeah but they most of them don't but if they do um then of course i will send them the image as well images as well yeah it's, it's amazing actually we take photography for granted and there is a charity i know of um based around taking old cameras to like places in africa and stuff like that and teach them photography because so, you know it's amazing how many people in the world have never actually seen a photograph of themselves mm. nowadays um obviously that depends on where you're traveling to and so forth um so What's, yeah. what's the name of that charity? I can't remember what it was. It was a viral video that went round about four or five years ago. And it was a, a short five-minute video. Um, I don't know if the charity still exists, but it was a campaign to get um, photographers and old cameras equipment out there. I've actually been trying to find them and search for them, but I haven't been able to find them. I haven't looked for quite a, quite a while, to be honest, but it'd be something I'd be interested in getting into as well. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, definitely, like you say, you know, show them the photograph. Don't feel like you're using them. Get to know them because every photograph tells a story, like we've been saying the whole way through. Um, so it's, when it's I, nice. Also, when I do my my traveling as well. Um, so when I went to India, um, I don't sort of scratch the surface and go to multiple cities. I spent all, um, ten days in one city um, yeah. because I didn't want to scratch the surface. I wanted to the locals to almost 
know get to know me so yeah, yeah. um so I'd be walking around each morning and you know go into the shops every morning just not that I needed to buy anything but be, well I'd buy like uh, just some random fruit but it's just so I can just see who I see every morning get yeah. they get to know my face and then it's it's just that just chips off that little bit of a of a barrier um, and for me to get get to know them and them to be more open to me and me yeah. to hopefully get um the best shot I can and I find yeah like you say if you approach them and be honest and open and obviously pay them a compliment and whatever you know it's 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 a difficult barrier to cross, but it's you, you've got to become friendly with them, and, and no, you can't just whip out your camera and start taking photographs. <laughs> so. Which a lot of people do, sadly, but... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not great. Um, right. Um, hi, Tom. Was that our... Was our, Oh, Tom, he was our photographer at our daughter's wedding last month. And uh, truly an absolute pro... Such a lovely, lovely fellow with a smile that is contagious. He has, <laughs> he has got a smile that's contagious. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ashley. I was, uh, I was editing your daughter's images um, just a few hours ago. Uh, they're almost ready, I promise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's great. You're getting some love. Uh, right, evening from Dan, my top, one of my top fans. Uh, evening, Tommy. Your Indian photos are mind blowing and so, so much emotion. Oh, thanks, Dan. Uh, Flash, what would be your top tips for off-camera flash? So obviously we both, you did a course on that uh, recently, which I, I helped on briefly. You did. Um, but um, breaking it down simply for, for, for everyday use or hobbyists, what would you say is the key things for off-camera flash um, for just a, a general use? I think it could be really daunting. I mean, assuming you have um the appropriate trigger to fire it remotely yeah. um I, I would say that i guess that's have... the, the first sorry to cut in that's probably the first tip is actually get it off your camera <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was <laughs> it's getting a trigger and yeah. get it off yeah um, well having said that i mean you 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 may have a camera with a pop-up flash which could yeah. be used to trigger your remote flash yeah um but one of the things the the best tip i can i can offer is don't even worry about the flash right away. The first thing you want to get is um, the correct exposure, or a the not the maybe the uh, zeroed out exposure. But mm -hmm. look at the background first. So don't even worry about the subject that's standing in front of you. Maybe just move slightly off, and then yeah. get that meter to read zero. Or if you want it more dramatic, which I always do, get it to meter one stop underexposed. Once yeah. that's dialed in. You would take a photo, and yeah, you would probably see that you've got a nice moody sky, but your subject is probably black. Yeah. That's a good thing. Now you know that your camera is set. Do not touch your camera settings. All you need to do now is then turn your flash on, and if you have TTL, then hopefully, which means it's like an auto flash, but if you have, a, if you have your first flash, it's likely to be a manual one. All mm -hmm. you've got to really worry about, without me going into too much detail right now, is just keep dialing the power up or down until it looks good. That yep. flash isn't going to affect the background. It's just going to affect what's in front of you. So first, get your what's called your ambient, your background exposure dialed in first to maybe one stop underexposed. Then turn your flash on and then get it get the right setting. So just dial it up and down until it looks good to you and 
you're well on your way to a pretty decent image. Yeah, and when you so basically, yeah, turn the camera flash off, get a good ambient exposure, and then turn the flash on to to then light your subject. And once um, obviously you get to know your settings on your camera and your flash, you instantly start remembering what they are, so you can do it quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, once Just like driving. Yeah, exactly. And once you know your kit and stuff, you can you know the first time you do it, it's going to take you a long time to do it. And the second time you're going to do it, it's going to take you even a little bit shorter. And then until you get to a place where you can rock up and just go boom, 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 about a meter away, I can I can do it with the kit I've got. So cool. Uh, okay, Phil's just popped in with a question. Uh, what sort of personal projects do you have on your bucket list that you haven't had the chance to do yet? So you obviously your biggest thing, which made you good at uh, big on YouTube, was you just started off by doing a lot of personal projects. And filming them and doing behind the scenes videos um and obviously that evolved into your travel and so forth so mm -hmm. is there anything on your bucket list that uh you haven't done yet that you wish you got to do or Actually, anything that yeah. works um well i'm doing one next week i'm collaborating with uh panasonic uh, i'm I've, they've uh, given me uh, one of their cameras to test out so we're doing a personal project next week um with one of my friends matt uh but um, and, we're, and we've hired an amazing location which looks like a New York apartment. So we're going okay. for a very stylized, commercial, um, very polished look. But a, f uh, a, a personal project that I really want to do that I'm trying to work on is I'm trying to get uh, – I'm in talks with Fairtrade to potentially okay. go to Peru um, to take portraits of the farmers who produce coffee beans. Um, awesome. I'm a awesome. huge lover of coffee and <laughs> next to oil, it's the most sold thing in the world. Really? And because I love coffee as well, uh, there's, you know, it relates to me. So I would love um, to help promote fair trade because what's nice about fair trade is, yes, you pay a little bit more at Starbucks, but one of the reasons you pay more at Starbucks than other places, if it's got that fair trade logo, then that means the farmers are getting a decent wage rather than being ripped off like other farmers around the world. These guys are earning a decent wage, so we need make to make sure that they that they carry on earning that good wage and they can live well. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to hopefully go to um, Peru or there's other countries that fair trade are based around and take the similar portraits that I have done because I've looked yeah. on their website it's very kind of photojournalistic and I yeah, yeah. have pitched to them recently doing it in the style that I do it with off camera flash so it looks even more polished and high end um, yeah, yeah. that I would love to do because not only am I doing my traveling thing I'm working with a brand this time um, yeah. for like fair trade and it involves something that I'm really passionate about which is coffee so that yeah. would be uh, up there as one of one of my sure. one of good personal projects, but I also want to do some more documentary stuff that I did with um, James Dunn, who was the photographer who had epidermolysis bullosa. That to date has been my favourite personal project, and I would like to explore more documentaries like that, which is why I did my um, a portrait of series. My portrait of series was born from that James Dunn documentary, and I thought, how can I make a very short version? Um, of that James documentary. So I mm. want to do more portrait of series um, and I want to do more um, 
and I want to see if I can do this fair trade collaboration. That's what I'm working on right now. Do you know what? That sounds absolutely awesome. Actually, something like that. That that sounds like it suits you down to the T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what it thank is. you. <laughs> but I've uh, even gone as far as um, rather than emailing them, I actually set up my camera and made a video yeah. pitch which could be um a tip if you ever want to collaborate yeah. with a brand rather than just write them an email which i'm sure they get a lot of i actually sat yeah. down and um filmed a video with music with yeah. cuts to some of my work so i kind of made it a, a promo pitch video and uh, i got a reply straight away and wow. we're in talks at the moment okay. so, like, so you I, you approach them rather than them waiting to come to you um to be honest yeah i get that question a lot and uh, I, I feel like a lot of people think that a lot of people approach me and to be honest it's probably about only 30% of companies approach me the other 70% I am approaching companies with mm. my ideas with my pitches the Panasonic one next week I went to them and I said can I use your camera but I want to use it for this this and this I can give you this this and this you highlight yeah. your deliverables it's like Dragon's Den you don't just go to a, a lens company or a lighting company and say can I borrow your lighting and they say <laughs> give me a camera. Uh, what, what will you give me in return they're like um, I, I don't know uh, some pictures it's like <laughs> they need yeah. to get something out of it as well so go in there with an idea of what why you want something and what they are going to get out of it so that's why I I do a very nice colorful and attractive PDF that says yeah. what you're going to what I'm asking for what the pitch is and what you will get, your deliverables. So it's bullet pointed. So Panasonic, for example, are going to get images. They're going to get a behind the scenes video. They're also going to get behind the scenes pictures of the videographer <laughs> filming me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got like free crews going. <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah. yeah. But this comes back to um, this comes back to. Uh, um, embracing video and yeah. I believe that you stand a far better chance of working with a brand if you can also give them some sort of video yeah. um, with your deliverables as well because then they've got more of a package with their deliverables rather than just photos they've Definitely. got video to, 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 be, to go with it so that's yeah. why Mike my videographer is also using a Panasonic camera to film it with which He's a bit scared about because it's not his usual camera, but he's, not, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's had two weeks to play with it, so hopefully oh, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. Oh, awesome. So coming to actually personal uh, projects, actually, is it's something obviously hobbyists should be doing and home photography people should be doing if you really want to get into photography and practice it, is you always say, I remember your talk at the photography show about doing one personal project a month and planning it and the thought process behind it. And it's one of those things, obviously, every time I speak to you and we're talking about one of your personal projects, like you did just then, you're so passionate about what you're doing. And it's a personal project that means something to you that you kind of you kind of get built up. and You kind of put all this work <laughs> into it, which is a good thing. And you want it to succeed and stuff like that. And I think one of the best ways to learn photography, whether it's a mobile phone, digital style, whatever, is to come up with these ideas and have um personal projects and that pushes you further forward 100% 100% i know that a lot of what i've been saying has maybe come from a a professional photographer's mm. mouth but it's the the exact same as well when it comes when it comes to being a hobbyist as well i mean it's all got to be born out of something you love if you're in a transitional process of maybe doing it professionally but yeah um it's you've, it's got to be born out of something you love and personal projects is 
a great way of of getting into it and stepping up. Yeah, definitely. And you never know what might happen if you start building a body of work that uh, people might um, pick you up on it, especially if there's a an area that you specialize in. So, exactly. Uh, but also not um, don't also be scared to approach a company yeah. yourself. Give it a go. Yeah, definitely. You never know. What's the worst they could say is no. So, exactly. Exactly. You know, not yet. Build your following up. Show us some more work and come back or whatever is is sometimes the best reaction sometimes. But at the so. same time, one last point: don't be discouraged if you don't have a large following as well. Yeah. Um, because if you don't have a large following, the likelihood is they probably won't come to you. So that's why you go to them. But again, don't think that they're not going to say yes because you because you're following. Because if the company already has a large following, then they're just going to put your work on their socials. Um, if you have a large following, that's just a bonus. If your work is good, if your work is great, then, th yeah. then they will say yes. So it doesn't matter about your following. Don't let, don't let that uh, discourage you. If you've got a good following, it's just a bonus because ultimately they're going to put it on their socials. They're not going to let you use their gear and not post about it themselves and wait for you to do it yeah so. yeah definitely yeah because they, they want they're just afterwards in return for them as well it's a, a mutual partnership in percent. Uh, so right so quickly briefly on the wedding side which you mentioned um you were saying obviously we had a chat the other day that you're you're looking to do a lot more wedding photography now that you're you've kind of rekindled your love for, yes. Not that you never ha that you hated wedding photography. I'm not saying that at all, but you found this I don't know newfound passion in wedding photography over the last year or so, and you're you're really directing yourself now to to more wedding type bits. Yeah, um, um, I mean, currently my wedding work is around. It's probably half of my annual income right now, hmm. and not a lot of people maybe will first think of me as a wedding photographer but it's yeah. something that I want to change because as you said in the last few months my love of wedding photography has really grown and that um, lady Ashley Toombs who mentioned you know I yeah, photographed yeah. the daughter's wedding it was during her wedding I took a photo and I rarely critique my own work in a good way and but yeah, I looked yeah. at one of my shots and thought I really like that like I could see that blown up big um, yeah. and uh, there's, uh, I've, to be honest, it's also um, some software. So I, I think that uh, one of the other reasons that I love wedding photography now is um, I'm now, I'm now not run down by it. It's I'm not burning out from it from from all the weddings because thanks yeah, to yourself, yeah. you actually introduced me to management software, some galleries that are a lot better, more intuitive. I've just discovered um, a album designer. So you you mm -hmm. throw your images and they design it for you for a for a small cost but yeah. it's it's things like it and like outsourcing sometimes i'll outsource my editing um yeah. and it's all these little things that have that take the pressure off and allow me to actually do more weddings get more work in concentrate on the thing that you love doing most which yeah, is the yeah. shooting and not worrying so much about making sure that yeah you know that your schedule is up because You've got management software now yeah. that I use that keeps it all. <laughs> so yeah, so I um my my goal from from now on the next photography show is to be more well known as a wedding photographer okay. because I'm planning on bringing out more 
kits now to do with weddings because yeah. uh, and and I'm also I mean I'm not going to lie I'm also thinking of it from a marketing point of view as well I know that from a teaching and also from a service in general the genre itself we all know that it's a it's a good way big to earn industry. money yeah, um, it's yeah. a big industry uh, so it's something that I want to explore more and because I'm also moving into my first house next year and yeah. I'm saving up for a wedding myself so yeah. I, I want to start earning more money, and this yeah. is the avenue I think I can um, do well in. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Because um, I've noticed, especially since going to the wedding shows and everything else, in the last, say, since we started doing photography full-time in the last six, seven years, the, there's a whole new wave of stuff that helps photographers get rid of all the admin stuff, get rid of all the technical stuff, all the interactions, um, and it's become more streamlined that you as a photographer can focus more on on the wedding side of things and i did a a special live uh live show on the capture last week about my top tips for wedding photographies as a guest obviously mm -hmm. one of them being don't get in the way of the professional photographer taking them because <laughs> that is is a pet peeve and the wedding bride and groom will not be happy about it mm -hmm. um but just quickly what would you as a, as a guest at a wedding, um, what would your top tips be for attending a wedding? Because I know a lot of people probably are attending weddings at the moment or got a few coming up because, like you say, it's, it's prime wedding season at the moment. What would your top tips be? As a guest? As a guest, yeah. If you were just taking photographs. On my wedding, phone? Yeah, on your phone or if you've got a little compact camera or something like that. You know, what, would you, what, what is your eyes looking for at a wedding? at the end of the day i think um and again you probably you may have said this because i caught <laughs> a little bit of last week but for yeah. me it's it's the details because uh, mm -hmm. those are the things that the the main photographer um might forget because they're concentrating on the bride and groom so for me it would be shooting those little details i mean as um the main photographer i try to shoot the details and i have a thing where if it looks like it's been paid to be there <laughs> photograph it yeah, yeah. So as a guest, I would probably be inclined to do that. Any little details, table decorations, invitations, um, uh, your name tags, like centerpieces, uh, uh, bunting if it's been hung up, uh, details on uh, on bouquets if they've been left down on um, on the table. Maybe you can do a little reposition and take some shots yourself. Um, Utilising all of the apps that you've mentioned, um, I use Lightroom, but... I appreciate yeah. that it's a subscription thing, but I have used yeah. Snapseed in the past as well, which is okay, awesome. a, a lot more powerful than I thought it was going to, going to be before I downloaded it. So yeah. um, using the HDR functions really open up the dynamic range in your camera, whatever it yeah. is. And uh, as obviously the camera's phones are getting a lot better. So for me, it would be, yeah, it would be details and go to a shaded area to, get your selfies or if you're not in any shaded area have the sun behind you um, yeah. as a nice backlight and then if you cover most of the frame then the auto exposure won't get confused so yeah. cover your your heads or your uh, your you're in your partner's head with most of the frame and then auto exposure is not going to darken it because of the sun behind it's going to almost look like it's a nice cloudy day with a nice ambient Brilliant. light hitting you because it's the other way so details yeah. back to the sun and shade or, or find the shade <laughs> yeah yeah find the shade awesome so that's exactly what i've been saying to everyone in previous videos as well so it's it's good to reinforce that that's one else is oh, saying good. as well <laughs> <laughs> good. brilliant let me have I'm a look if I get any more. uh 
so obviously the nice thing about photography is that photography has so many different areas to go into and i always say to people when they they come up to me is um you know you should try and experiment in all different areas so just quickly is there obviously you know you're doing wedding photography you're really really good at that um, thank you man. and i you you said to me yesterday i think it was oh i want to be known as the best in kent i was like you already are <laughs> you should be you should be aiming for the best in the uk so don't worry about that um and obviously you got your travel photography and portrait stuff is there any other area of photography that you may want to dabble in like that you thought oh i wouldn't mind doing that just to experiment because i'm always telling people to experiment in different areas to see what um what hits it for them basically and what they fall in love with to be honest, I feel like I have already tried every genre way yeah. back at the start, um, and this is something that everyone will do if you're thinking of doing doing it professionally. You you probably don't know what you want to do right at, right at the start, and you'll probably have a website with a tab with every genre, like <laughs> I did. Pets, portraits, weddings, landscapes, travel, everything. Um, and then you just, the more you do it, the more you kind of hone in to what you really want to do. You find yourself, oh, I'm shooting a lot of portraits. Maybe this is my thing. And, yeah. um, but I have done, uh, I have, I have done food. It's not my favorite product. Photography is something I will never try. It's just, I just don't yeah. find it interesting. I don't like that. I, I, I said I had this conversation. I'm not going to say the exact words I said, but um, I don't like that my my boss is a beer bottle or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah I I feel like I've tried a bit of everything, um, and there's nothing that I don't think I want to try. That I, again, as I say, I have yeah. already tried before, um, because I feel like I've yeah, portraits, travel, and weddings are my absolute favorite because oh. they all involve people that's why i yeah. don't like food that's why i don't like product because i'm not interacting with a person i like the communication aspect which is probably why i like those three genres in particular that concludes my first ever podcast and the interview with tommy if you'd like to find out more please obviously capture us on the capture every week on wednesday at 8 30 on my facebook page which is just facebook.com forward slash grand beauty photo otherwise please subscribe to my new podcast i'll be uploading as much as i can about photography my life and interviewing as many people as i possibly can but thank you for listening to my first podcast and i'll see you all soon